Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. And we are live. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. It's me, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning with my main man, El Cuco himself, working the airwaves, making sure the broadcast coming out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Check us out, roguenews.com. Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity. The links are all in the description box. Uh, and we are doing some amazing things. And also check out our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com. For all your CBD edible goodness, it is the place to be for your CBD edibleness. See, any new product coming out? Yep, it, it's up. The site refresh has been completed. So it's go to mycbedibles.com. Uh, you're going to see basically we've loaded the new inventory of the new Delta 8 edibles. Uh, new new partner uh, uh, business coming aboard that we're helping with. It's called Some Edibles. Uh, you know, really great team developing some really cool products. Uh, they're already in several of the uh, local uh, shops, dispensaries, uh, but then also we're going to be uh, working with them extensively on some some custom products uh, that that we want to do here uh, for our listeners. So check it out, mycbedibles.com, and then uh, look for it later on. I'll send out a promotional code uh, via the Discord group and also probably in the YouTube uh, messenger area. I'll send that out for everyone to use that code on your next purchase. See, one more time, what, what again exactly is the Delta 8, and what are some of the uh, benefits of, of the Delta 8? Well, primarily, V, it's, it's kind of a, a legal workaround in regards to markets, and uh, in particular markets that are, are federally not legalized in regards to full uh, THC that's derived from, from cannabis. So there's still sev- several states that allow this. Uh, Delta 8 is actually derived uh, from, from hemp. Therefore, it's legal in most states uh, due to the uh, 2008 Farm Bill. Uh, THC extract is specifically known to help with a lot of different, uh, you know, conditions more severely. So CBD is very familiar with use for either inflammation, you know, anxiety. Uh, however, to get the full effects of more therapeutic sides of, of, of you know, the products, uh, it does have to have some THC in it. So for that reason... It's 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 real important. I know at least a couple of rogue listeners who have moved from states that were legal, uh, you know, cannabis into states where it's not legal. And that was one of their primary concerns was how am I going to get my treatment for whatever my ailment is? Uh, We can't make any medical claims, uh, you know, in regards to our products. We're going to stay away from that. Uh, But however, we have a couple a couple people that have ordered from us that are like, you know, nice emails. Hey, thank you so much. I was really worried when I moved from nevada to to tennessee that i wasn't going to be able to uh, get my therapeutic side to my the products i prefer and because of delta eight you've allowed me to do so 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 for that specific reason um it 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 does it but yeah so it's 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 very interesting some states that are legal uh, markets regards to cannabis have banned delta eight they're saying hey you know what you know that's why we have cannabis legal uh so you know we're still working through it in terms of the federal side of it which is crazy anyway but it's just ridiculous that from a national perspective that uh, cannabis in general is, is banned, but Delta eight's one way of, of getting that derived from hemp. Yep. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I, I'm very curious to try a few of these products. Um, with that being said, folks, go check it out. mycbdedibles.com. And with that all out of the way, siege, there's a lot going on. A lot of things to be breaking down today. 
I think I want to start off with the Fouch. The Fouch seems to be the uh, the golem himself, the big pharma golem himself, the Bobo, the Frodo, the Bobo Baggins of all things uh, of the uh, pharmaceutical cartel is none other than the Fouch. And before the Fouch became popular, and he loves, I mean, you, you better, I mean, once you get, I mean, these, these, you never heard of these people. People like the Fouch, people like the uh, the, the the psycho woman in Australia, right? I, I don't even know what her name is. The one with the, the crazy looking eyes with the beady eyebrows, her, that one. These so-called health ministers who, when you look at, when you look at them, they look like death warmed over. They, all of a sudden, are household names in their respective countries. So I want to start with Fouch. There was a great um, interview that John Rappaport has done with uh, Cheryl Atkinson that exposed the Fouch back in 2009 when the swine flu siege was making its rounds. Do you remember that swine flu that was happening? Oh, yes, yes. The dreadful swine flu, the recycled uh, swine flu. Yeah. So Rappaport begins, over the past 30 years, I've documented many of the crimes of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control or Disease Proliferation, whichever way you want to look at it, right? This is one epic. I take you back to the summer of 2009 when the CDC and the World Health Organization were hyping the deadly H1N1 swine flu. Or if you're Joe Biden, you would say, N1AK2 through 12. Uh. <laughs> there were, of course, also urging people to take the new swine flu vaccine. You remember that one, Siege? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. On that subject, here's an excerpt from Robert Kennedy Jr.'s article at the Children's Health Defense. This He says, for example, Fauci once shilled for the fast-tracked H1N1 influenza swine flu vaccine on YouTube, reassuring viewers in 2009 that serious adverse effects were very, very rare. Shortly thereafter, the vaccine went on to wreak, wreak havoc in multiple countries, increasing miscarriage risks in pregnant women in the U.S., provoking a spike in adolescent narcolepsy in Scandinavia, causing febrile convulsions in one in every 110 vaccinated children in Australia, prompting the latter to suspend its influenza vaccine program in under fives. However, that is only half the swine flu story. The other half, which involves an astounding CDC hoax, was surely something the Fouch was aware of at that time. The Fouch was, in fact, recommending a highly dangerous vaccine or let me say a highly dangerous jab for the protection against an epidemic that didn't, that didn't exist at all. <laughs> His friends and professional colleagues at the Centers for Dementia Control were creating the hoax of the CDC. It was the summer of 2009, Siege. I remember it quite so well. Oh, nine. The CDC was claiming that there were thousands of swine flu cases in the U.S., but behind these statistics lay an unnerving secret, a major crime, considering the CDC's mandate to report the truth to the American people. Secretly, the CDC stopped counting the cases of swine flu. What? Why? Well, CBS investigative reporter Cheryl Atkinson, back when there were still vestiges of reporters hanging on to the fringes of what we call the mainstream media. See, Cheryl Atkinson discovered that the CDC secret, and she found out why. The routine lab testing of tissue samples from most likely swine flu patients was coming back in an overwhelming percentage of cases with no sign of swine flu or any other kind of flu. Hell, I remember reading this. Atkinson wrote in an article about the scandal, and it was published on the CBS News website. However, the next bigger step putting out the story on CBS Television News was waylaid. No deal. And CBS shut down any further investigation onto the subject. Atkinson's article died on the vine. No other major news outlet in the world picked up her article and ran with it with a you know with it deeper into the rabbit hole. 
Here's what Atkinson told me when I interviewed her. This is what John says. So in 2009, you spearheaded the coverage of the so-called swine flu pandemic. You discovered that in the summer of 2009, the Centers for Disease Control, ignoring their federal mandate, secretly stopped counting swine flu cases in America. Yet they continue to stir up fear about the pandemic without any real measure of its impact. What's that another investigation of yours that was shut down? Wasn't there more to find out? And Atkinson responded. The implications of the story was even more worse than that. We discovered through our FOI, Freedom of Information Efforts, that before the CDC mysteriously stopped counting swine flu cases, they had learned that almost none of these cases they had counted as swine flu was, in fact, swine flu, or any sort of flu at all. The interest of the story from one CBS executive was very enthusiastic. He said it was the most original story he's, he's seen on the whole swine flu epidemic. But others pushed to stop it. Later, it was published on the CBS News website, and the broadcast wanted to touch it. We aired numerous stories pumping up the idea of an epidemic, but not the one that would shed the original new line on all the hype. It was all fair, accurate, legally approved, and heck of a story. With the CDC leaking the true swine flu stats secret, it meant that many in the public took and gave their children an experimental jab that may not have been necessary. So, fake pandemic, CDC crimes, and a damaging jab. But that wasn't the end of it. The CDC wanted to commit another crime. About three weeks after Atkinson's findings were published, the CBS News website, the CDC, obviously in a panic, decided to double down. If one lies exposed, tell even a bigger one, a much bigger one. I mean, what's changed here, folks? <laughs> here from November 12th, 2009, WebMD article this is the CDC's response. Shockingly, 14 million to 34 million U.S. residents, the CDC's best guess is 22 million, came down with H1N1 flu by October 17th. 22 million cases of swine flu in the U.S. Are your eyes popping? They should be. Fast forward to 2001 or 2021. Who in his right mind, armed with a little history, would believe anything that the CDC is saying about, about the COOF? The discovery of a new coronavirus? The case and death numbers? The accuracy of the diagnostic, diagnostic tests? The need for lockdowns and economic devastation? The safety and importance of a, vac, of a jab and all the fear porn? Who would believe any of it? And who would believe anything coming out of the mouth of the Fouch? Only a fool. Let's break that down for a bit. <laughs> I remember in 2009, Siege, hearing the stats coming out of the mainstream media. 22 million Americans infected. 234 million cases. Right? And there was some more, somehow around 200,000 some odd deaths or 20,000 deaths or something like that. All from this H1N1. Oh, it's lurking in the corners. It is lurking. It is looking to catch you and make you sick. And then somebody like Cheryl Atkinson decided to to find out why all of a sudden the Centers for Dissident Control, okay, the Centers for Denizen Control, it's not disease, folks, they're propagating it. Why would they all of a sudden stop counting? Well, in 2009, folks, the testing equipment and I forgot exactly which testing equipment they use. I don't know if it's a PCR test or something else. But the testing equipment that they had, as well as the samples, the tissue samples from the patients themselves, all came back negative. And there was nothing to be found there. But they were propagating the fear. And the Fouch was out there promoting a jab, like a good little golem. Right? He was out there promoting the jab. You need to take the jab because you don't know if it's going to be a worse situation than we've ever faced before. Senator Van Poe, you don't understand, quite frankly, what you're talking about. <laughs> and the Fouch was out there telling young kids under the age of five, go and take the jab. It's very efficacious. It's been thoroughly researched and it's totally safe. 
even insane Australia, which was at that time wasn't as totalitarian and Nazi-like as it is today, decided to even cancel their jab program for anybody under the age of five. So here we have faulty testing equipment. And folks, let me remind you of the former Tanzanian president who died mysteriously under mysterious circumstances. The Tanzanian president who, when this whole entire thing started, took a goat, a papaya, a turtle dove, and a partridge in a pear tree and had all of them tested, and all of them utilizing the same PCR test that that all the testing facilities are using these days, and all three samples of what he has, you know, given to testing, came back positive for the coof. And then what did he do? The president of Tanzania shut down shop. He told the World Health Organization, go take a dive, and kicked them all out of his country. And he said, this whole damn thing is, uh, uh, you know what? A scam. Ugh, ugh, millions of people. Folks, let me explain something to you. I'm going to reiterate this again and again and again and again. There has no, there has not been any increase of death in the total mass death rate from 2019 into 2020 into 2021. The same amount of people that died in 2020 is the same amount of people that died in 2019, 2018, 2017. There's been no significant bounce in the amount of people dead. Oh, my, oh my God. Oh, my God. We're running out of beds. The hospitals are crashing. They're imploding on themselves. We'll get to that later in the show as to where these shortages are coming from. But here it is again. So the question becomes, what was H1N1 all about? What was it all about? And once again, H1N1 was something that just popped up out of China, right? Popped up out of China. That seems to be the narrative. Pops up out of China, but it is hyperventilated by the Karen media and the Karen politicians who want to hype it up to you in order to wreck your life. What was it all about? H1N1. When you look at the modulars, the modalities, the the procedures, the way it was handled, the way it was hyped up, the way the numbers were fudged, the testing equipment, the promotion of a rapidly created jab, all of it was a dry run. It was a beta test to what we have today that we are calling the COOF. How do I know this? Why in 2017 and 18, Siege, that, you know, I can't find this damn thing anymore. And I screenshotted it somewhere, and I got to go dig it up, Siege. But in 2017 and 18, we've seen the ledgers from the World Bank. We've seen the orders placed in Western countries for tens of millions of what? Testing kits for the what? The COOF. It even mm. labeled it. COVID hyphen, it's a SARS-CoV-2 testing kits. This was back in 2017 and 18 and 19. Millions of testing kits were being ordered by several countries around the world, especially those who are beholden to the unipolar world. They're holding them, they're, they're developing a mass amount of testing equipment. Why? They were pre-staging. And then in 2020, as if on cue, the same modalities, the same hype, the same rapidly developed jab, and the same golem is out there paraded in front of the world to not only scare the crap out of all of you, but to tell you that something that has still a fatality rate of 0.002% is going to wreck your life. And if it doesn't wreck your life, don't worry, wait for it. Not only do we have the various other variants will wreck your life. Whereas real virologists who've been doing this all day, every day, because that's just what they do, will tell you there's nothing to be concerned about this at the alarming levels in which the nations of the world are responding, specifically in the West. There's nothing about this that warrants lockdowns and shutdowns and the destruction of human life and economic activity. There's nothing about this. And it does not matter how many variants there are because the rudimentary biological uh, structures that are within the virus itself 
is still something that is being able to be recognized and dealt with by one's own immune system through natural immunity. Translation, what does that mean? Even though there could be a billion variants out there, your body has figured out the best way to handle it because of natural immunity in order to take it apart and deal with it. So in other words, if you first time had the coof and you recovered and you were fine, well, the next variant you get, you might get a little sniffles. You might not even have any big issues whatsoever to deal with because your body's natural immunity would already vaporize a problem and move on. But you see, folks, this is a danger that we're in. You see the danger that we're in? I'm going to bring it back all for you. When you've destroyed your physical economy, when you've destroyed your production-based physical economy, and you've replaced it with a phony baloney speculative economy that is run on what is known as the fire economy, finance, insurance, and real estate, there are only very few things in which money can go into. One of the last things we produce here in this country is pharmaceuticals. The amount of money to be made from the jab, but even more so, people are even misdirected. It's not the, 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 the shares of an individual drug company that's going to make tens of billions of profits for people around the world, but is the trillions in profits that will be created because of all the back-end trades and the derivative creations that will be hoisted upon Wall Street as well as the City of London and traded globally. The derivative market is where they leverage it. The derivative market is where they will take this and yield-starved banks will start to create yield-producing phony baloney wealth out of nowhere. This is what happens when your economy is not based on anything. This is what happens when there's coof outbreak, let's just say in China. And what do they do? They, they'll quickly deal with it and move on. They're not shutting down their economies anymore. They're not wrecking their, their people's livelihoods anymore. They figure this whole damn thing out. We have over 20-some-odd months of data, and there's several other countries that are doing the same, except in the West, where you have a bunch of drama queens like the Fouch, doing what he does best, shilling, like a snake, snake oil salesman. Siege, your thoughts? Yeah, just a couple real quick. I mean, most people will probably remember that the uh, 2008-2009 uh, swine flu, quote-unquote, pandemic was basically kind of recycled back from 1976. And at one point, we had journalists that would truly do their work, do the due diligence, and my uh, prediction, V, is that in five years, we will begin to see the media finally start to report on some of these vaccine injuries that are, that are occurring. Uh, this is a video uh, dated back uh, from Chris, Chris Wallace, or I'm sorry, Mike Wallace, that most of you are probably very uh, familiar with. And let's, let's just play just a, a, a few uh, minutes of this, V, because um, it, it, it's, it's brief and it's on, it was on 60 Minutes and it's titled 60 Minutes Mike Wallace Exposes the 76 Swine Flu Pandemic Vaccine Injuries. The flu season is upon us. Which type will we worry about this year? And what kind of shots will we be told to take? Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States, as well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to... Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. 
During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs. I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed. So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways. As you can see in these home movies taken by a friend, Judy Roberts' paralysis confined her mostly to a wheelchair for over a year. But this disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending. Okay, we'll stop it there because we obviously everyone everyone gets the point. And let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to what's happening today to many young people. It's very tragic what's happening. And this video is from a young Division One athlete who did not get proper disclosure. And that's something that's not taking place. I guarantee that if you go to your, your minute clinic, your, your doctor, wherever, and you ask about the safety of the COVID vaccine, are they going to give you proper disclosure in regards to any of the potential side effects? So here's this video. It's very, it's, it's very compelling. I am in the hospital right now with heart complications from the COVID-19 vaccine. And I want to inform as many people as I can about the risks from taking the vaccine that I wish someone would have told me. So I am a division one student athlete with no prior health issues. And I got the second COVID shot Tuesday. And within four days, I have been diagnosed with myocarditis and was told that I probably won't be able to play my senior season now. It is a side effect from the COVID vaccine. And it's really not being reported or addressed. And it is a serious issue that we should all be informed about before making this decision. It isn't right for people to be forced to take the vaccine because there are actual side effects like this that could happen to you. And the NCAA should not mandate student athletes to get the vaccine because of what could happen to so many fellow student athletes, um, health issues, which has happened to me. Everyone should be informed of the side effects and no one should be forced to take something that could cause what has happened to me and no one knows the long-term effects of what's um, possibly going to happen from this. And um, it's kind of uncharted territories because everyone else with the same heart issues from the vaccine as me, we're all being tracked and monitored. We're basically like test subjects from the vaccine. So it's a very serious issue that really needs to uh, be spread. And I've spoken with some other uh, student athletes that have also had to have either heart surgery or um, have had heart issues from this. And um, it's, it's very scary stuff. And a lot of people in our age group apparently are at higher risk for heart issues from the vaccine. And um, it really does need to be um, talked about. Boys are six times <clears throat> more likely to be hospitalized with heart issues from the COOF than girls are. And you see the results right then and there, folks. And this is not an isolated incident. There are doctors out there and scientists out there that are tracking this. And the question becomes, at what point? Is it in two? Is it in three? Is it in five? Is it in ten years? That they would require a heart transplant. Folks, we are looking at the potential for the greatest medical malfeasance in human history. We are looking at the potential for the greatest medical malpractice, malfeasance, and mass crime in human history. 
the potential is there. And the rudiments and the patterns are very synonymous with what we've seen in 2009, in the early aughts, and then CJ played that clip so masterfully from the 76, swine flu, till today. The same hype, the same hyperbole, the same axioms that are so programmed well with the finest of neuro-linguistic programmers in the U.S. government to allow these axioms to get a foothold into the American public's psyche. So they parrot all the terms around. Get the jab. Wear a mask. This is protecting you. If you're not vaccinated, you're not coming near me. Well, if you're vaccinated and, and the other person is not, what do you, you got to worry about? Everybody has to be vaccinated in order for this to go away. <laughs> really? Is that how it works? This is unbelievable, Siege. Unbelievable. It, it's unbelievable. And the course and the trajectory that we're going on, V, is many of the problems lie is that we don't have outside of government individuals who are being allowed to participate in the national conversation. Yeah. That's part of the, the challenge that's occurring. Everything, you know, in, in regards to recycled medications, to informed consent, many of these things that should be happening. In fact, like one of the most recent conversation that has to do with mandatory vaccination is the discussion in, re in regards to natural immunity. And that's people who at one time have had COVID that have developed the antibodies properly necessary to, to counter it. And the, and the argument becomes, are they better at being able to have natural immunity versus the people that are getting the jab? And no one can answer this question. Then that's, that's a real, that's a real, problem to have at the 11th hour during this time period. And this is what the Fouch had to say about it when asked, and I'm surprised CNN didn't take this down, but here we go. And just, and just real quickly, um, there was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity. And basically the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. Um, how, what, are, what are people to make of that? So, so as we talk about vaccine mandates, there are, I get calls all the time. People say, I've already had COVID, I'm protected, and now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone. Should they also get the vaccine? How do you make the case to them? You know, that's a really good point, Sanjay. I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. That's something that we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. The one thing the paper from Israel didn't tell you is whether or not as high as the protection is with natural infection, what's the durability compared to the durability mm. of a vaccine? <laughs> the dur it's so durable. It's so durable. In six months, you have to have a booster. <laughs> it's, so, it's so durable that many that are, the majority that are being hospitalized, how do you have the jab? And they're spinning and saying, it's the unvaccinated. No. It, it, there, there have been medical professionals that have come forward and said, look, there's a great deal of people. Yeah, is there people winding up in, the, in ER rooms, right? And I, and, I, and I love what Vice News and CNN and all these moronic news networks are, are, are running, uh, giving you the image of, oh, we're running out of beds. Folks, let me explain how the hospital system in this retarded country that we live in work, okay? If there's a 1,500-bed hospital, right, and down the street is another... 1,000-bed hospital, and down the street from that is a 2,000-bed hospital. You have healthcare networks that go on ahead and buy it. These are publicly traded companies whose only design and care and, and, and purpose is to create what? Profit. Okay? So these vast healthcare networks, they'll, they'll, they'll swoop in and they'll buy up Montefiore. They'll buy up St. You know, Luke's. They'll buy up... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, New York Presbyterian, the buy up all these different hospitals, right? The regional, the local, the 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 the, the state, the you know, all these hospitals, they'll just buy it up, and then they put them in a profit motive, a profit generating setup, which is something you don't want in healthcare, and this is the reason why our healthcare is so effed up. It is effed up. So once you gear it and you and you, and you have it, and look, I'm I'm all about Mr. Free Markets and this, that, and the other. That's that's me, right? But 
you there's just some things, man, you just need to have some sort of a common sense approach about. And when you gear it all about, you know, performance and making a profit and running lean, what happens to that 1,500-bed hospital? That was the big one, right, in your region. Well, they just gutted it. Now it only has maybe 800 beds. And out of the 800 beds, let's just say it had 300 beds for ER. Well, those 300 beds for ER just got reduced to 50. And the same thing happens with every other hospital that's in that network. Because hospitals are designed as profit generation centers. They need to run at full capacity. So if you reduce the number of beds from, let's just say, 300 one time in an ER down to 50, you want to make sure you're at what? 96% capacity. That is a profit margin point. And what are we seeing now in the height of this, oh, my God, the Delta strain? Oh, the Moo strain, the Lambda strain, the Alpha Omega strain. All the strains are coming, and I'm getting strained with my patients. <laughs> so what are we seeing with all these recent hospitals? Louisiana and, and, and Arkansas, there's there's a bunch of uh, COVID outbreaks. There's, the COOF is running wild. What are you seeing? What you're seeing is a 90-some-odd percent capacity. They're running close to full. They're supposed to. And just as just as, as the head director of Houston, Texas's area hospital, their largest health network there, and I forgot the name of the CEO, the CEO of their largest health network said the hospital capacity in 2020 and 2021 is the same. It's unchanged as it was in 2018 as well as 19. We're supposed to be at 96% capacity mm. at this time of year. We're mm. exactly on target. This is metrics. This is data. This is business. So you take the metrics and the data from the business side, the market side, and you combine it and you overlay it from the data from the actual scientific side, and then you all of a sudden you have a vivid, clear picture that the morons who tell you to trust the science don't want to talk about. And this is the reason why. The other th- reason why there's big-time problems right now with COVID. Siege, pull up that article that we, that we have from RT. There you go. The, uh... This is the correct one, right? New York correct, Hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You pass you like... like... New York hospital stopped delivering babies due to staff shortage after resignations of COVID-19 vax mandate. Lewis County General Hospital in New York has said it will temporarily close its maternity ward after several nurses resigned in the weeks after the COVE, the COOF jab mandate was introduced. The hospital will stop delivering babies starting September 25th, two days before the deadline for all New York state healthcare workers to get the first jab dose. We're unable to safely staff the service after September the 24th, and the number of resignations received leaves us no choice but to pause delivering babies at Lewis County General Hospital. The New York's uh, jab mandate and long-term care facilities was announced by then-Governor Andrew the Groper Kisser Fondler Cuomo in mid-August. Under the mandate, all health care workers must receive at least one dose of the jab until September 27th. It later removed the religious exemptions, leaving medical exemptions only. <laughs> a total of 30 staffers at the hospital, including 21 who worked in clinical areas, quit after the mandate was announced. This is one hospital. See, th- this is Lewis County, okay? Which is, I think, it, where the hell is Lewis County? I think Lewis County is, uh, I think that's in Long Island. Let me see here. Lewis County and why? That's, that's in... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So it's it's a nor- it's in northern Hudson Valley. Okay. This is north of, um, yeah. This is past uh, uh, Syracuse. So this is upstate New York. This is not even the city. This is upstate New York. This is in West Bumble Hua, New York. This is the kind of New York you you drive through in order to get to Canada because you decided to you know. <laughs> You're yeah, lost. you wanted to go to like uh, Montreal or or Ontario or 
or something, right? You, you just drive through it, right? <laughs> Who the hell would be going to Canada right Nobody now? Goes there. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, but if you if you were to drive across Canada, to, you know, going to Quebec because you like the lattes and the croissant and the foie gras, you'd pass Lewis County. There's not a lot of people in Lewis County. So a hospital having over 30 medical staff resign? Bro, that's huge. Yep, yep. That's huge. It's huge, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Bingo. So more and more resignations are incoming. And it's happening not only in New York, not only in Lewis County, but it's happening in the city. It's happening in Long Island. It's happening in Illinois. It's happening, you know, in 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 California. It's happening wherever they're mandating this. They're resigning. So wait a minute. I thought if this jab was so wonderful and so safe and so ethical and so efficacious and works, why aren't medical professionals from nurses? up to seasoned doctors. Some of the best doctors in our nation saying, you know what? Uh, No, I'm out. I'm not going to do it. Trust the science. Trust the science. Trust the science. Sure. These are all NLP neurolinguistic programming mind brainwashing bullshit. Because bullshit is a hallmark of our great nation, is it not, CJ? It's part of the culture in terms of the government, right? That's how it they is. that's how they succeed and they continue growing. Absolutely. They need the bullshit in order for the scam to work. It's how they get their funding. It's it's everything. How they it's get their, their powers and expand their departments and bingo. We are a nation led by used car salesmen. And I'm not talking about CarMax, where the price you see is the price you pay. <laughs> is that an advertisement? It's an advertisement. It's a shameless plug for CarMax. The price you see is the price you pay. I'm not talking about CarMax. I'm talking about the seedy, backwater, you know, car sales kind of guys who advertise, hey, look, uh, you know, Thirty-five thousand dollars for a a two thousand seventeen BMW M three. You're like, oh my god, twenty seven grand. But in fine print, this says after ten thousand dollar down payment and interest rates at eight point nine nine percent for qualified buyers. Mm. They hide that fact, and a fifteen hundred dollar dealer documents fee for them, and a five hundred dollar administrative fee. <laughs> <laughs> And a $300 maintenance fee, and a $20 signing fee, and a $1 uh, cleaning uh, of the of the rear window for a fee. Oh, and you want tires on that car? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> tires not included. <laughs> we only sell you one rim and a back seat. The rest of the car is piecemeal. So here you are showing up. My God, a 2017 BMW M3 manual transmission. S, uh, S55 straight six engine, to, you know, twin turbo. Let's do this. Wow, it's the best deal ever. And you show up, now you're getting hosed. After spending three hours in the dealer, going back and forth, you're like, this is a lost cause. I'm talking about that kind of used car salesman. That's what we have in our country. The system is reliant, folks, on a steady stream of bullshit while all together being held. By electronic duct tape. And see, we need to get our boy Charles Hugh Smith back on. Charles Hugh Smith of Two Minds Blog wrote a wonderful article. Right? He wrote it on, of course, on his website as well as Zero Hedge. And he says this the financialized American economy and states are now totally dependent on a steady flow of lies. When Charles says lies, I like to use a more appropriate word bullshit and propaganda for their very survival. Were the truth told, the status quo would collapse in a putrid heap. Go ahead and be evil, because everyone else is evil too. Because being evil serves everyone's interest far better than maintaining integrity, for integrity will cost you more than you can afford. In other words, lying, fraud, embezzlement, misrepresentation of risk, material misrepresentation of facts, 
half-truths, and the replacement of statements of facts with propaganda and spin. These are not the work of a scattered handful of sociopaths. They represent who? The government, those in positions of power, the politicians, those who think they, they rule over you, they. They represent the very essence and the heart of the America's economic status quo. Hannah Arendt coined the phrase, the banality of evil, to capture the essence of the Nazi regime in, in Germany. The banality of evil, right? Now let's look up really quick, Siege. What does the word banality mean? What does the word banality mean? Something that lacks originality, freshness, or novelty. Something banal is commonplace. The quality or the state of lacking new or interesting qualities. The quality or state of being banal. Something that lacks originality, freshness, or novelty. And she is right. When she talked about that word, the banality of evil, in terms of discussing what the Nazis were like in Germany. It's commonplace. Evil is a common thing. In other words, there wasn't a good Nazi. There wasn't a Nazi out there who was out of the norm. There wasn't a good Nazi in Hitler's inner circle. So when you look upon your elected officials in Washington, D.C., there isn't a good politician among them. The banality of evil. And when I look upon Washington, D.C., I see the, the banality of stupidity, the banality of incompetence, the banality of greed, the banality of avarice. That's what you see. Doing evil wasn't abnormal. <laughs> it was normal. Stealing money out of your hard-earned tax dollars, it's just what they do. That's not evil. Doing evil wasn't an outlier of sociopaths. It's the everyday job of the psychopath. It's the everyday job of millions of people, not just the Nazi parties or the members of that time. It's the everyday job of D.C. It's the everyday job of the lobbyists. It's the everyday job of the staffers. It's the everyday job of the military-industrial complex. It's the everyday job of Big Pharma. It's the everyday job of the CDC. It's the everyday job of the FDA. It's the everyday job of the Agricultural Food Administration. Right? It's the everyday job. From the bottom to the topmost zone, it's the everyday job of the FBI. Can't find white supremacists. Let's go make some more. <laughs> this is what they do. This is what you understand what the gorilla has been saying for the last several years. If the oceans of the world were to dry up, we'd still be building submarines. Because this is what we do. You see, folks, there's a problem. When the banality of evil and the banality of greed and the banality of incompetence becomes the overarching theme in every aspect of your life of those whom you elect to rule over you. Gus Demas said it best. You could vote tyranny in, but you can't vote it out. Wise words. Not naming evil is the key to normalizing evil. Evil must first and foremost be derealized. A key concept in the survival plus critique. Detached from our realization and awareness by naming it something innocuous. Here's a telling excerpt from the book, Triumph of the Market. Normalization of the unthinkable comes easily when money, status, power, and jobs are at stake. Intellectuals will be dredged up to the justify their actions. The rationalizations are hoary with age. Government knows best. Ours is strictly defensive effort. Or if it wasn't me, somebody else would do it. 
There's also the retreat to ignorance, real, cultivated, or feigned. Isn't that the overarching epitaph of humanity in, in, in the U.S.? Isn't that the overarching epitaph of our rulers in Washington, D.C.? Hmm. Right? Isn't that what it is? Hmm. Government knows best. Uh, our, ours is a strictly defensive measure. Well, if we don't do it, somebody else will. we got to fight them there before we fight them here. Right? They hate us because of our freedoms. If we don't... Do, we have to do this. We know best. It's a humanitarian crisis. We have to be involved. Can any of the tens of thousands of people working on Wall Street or in the bowels of the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, the Pentagon, truthfully claim they didn't know it was wrong to mislead the citizenry, the soldiers, the investors, and the buyers of their fraud? On the contrary, every one of those tens of thousands of worker bees and managers knows full well the institution they toil for is doing evil simply by hiding the truth of its operations. The entire status quo of the American empire is built on lies. Now the dependencies on lies, fraud, and misrepresentation is complete. Wall Street and the empire itself would fall if the truth were finally revealed and properly identified as evil. Lying has been derealized. It is now the expected norm. Why would government lie to us? Why would all these bureaucrats lie to us? They wouldn't do that, would they? That's all they do. Hmm. That's all they do. Deprivation, folks, is where we're at. To tell the truth on your resume, on your own application, on your tax form about your own action, uh, of your own actions is now tainted and suspicious. The truth teller is reviled as putting on airs of moral superiority, and they will be shunned and cut off by the liars around them. Cheating on tests no longer carries any stain of ethical corruption. Everyone cheats lest they fail to get into the university of their choice. Remember the college scandals? You got Becky from uh, Full House. Come on, we all had a crush on Aunt Becky back then, right? From the from the sitcom Full House, right? Beautiful brown hair, uh -huh. brown eyes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And yeah. what happened? Aunt Becky was uh, was playing was paying off college coaches and college individuals. Right to basically falsify records so that their kids could get into schools that they themselves have no chance of getting into. <laughs> and, 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 and we laughed at that. But is that any different from, let's just say, some of America's elites? They send their kids to school. Why? Because they're a donor. You think that you think Chris Cuomo could have gotten into Yale? You think that Nimrod could get into 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 CNN if, he, if it wasn't for his political connections? Do you think Bill de Blasio's son, Dante, who's a moron and his retarded-looking children, that they can get into any sort of these universities that they're in right now, in Columbia and, and Yale and Harvard and all this other stuff? You think Church they Kushner? can get in there because Church they're Kushner? smart? Look, there are, there are kids in India and in China that will destroy these numbnut elite kids. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with America's elite. I'm not impressed with their children. They're not smart. None of it, nothing they do is smart. They're corrupt to the core. And this is what it is. You lie about everything, right? We no longer care about doing evil. We avoid it as a moral straight slaughterhouse. We prefer not to see it. Let the butchering of the moral heart of the nation be hidden from our delicate eyes and quivering guilty conscience. The idea that we may not be able to buy our McMansion, auto, tattoo, toy we deserve, enabling our killer killing of truth. You see, we've we've entered an era that is so dangerous when it comes to a country siege. Everybody is chasing the lie. Mm. Everybody mm. is chasing fantasy. On social media, Instagram, all these young punks shilling products, shilling businesses, shilling for this and shilling for that, shilling for views, shilling for clicks, shilling and shilling, shilling for anything under the sun for their 15 seconds of fame. 
and it's permeated from these young punks that are on social media all the way to Wall Street executives who can look at a company like Facebook that makes no fucking money whatsoever and give it a higher valuation than ExxonMobil that extracts petroleum from the ground. Only a moron, a liar, somebody who's a criminal would give a company that makes no money a high stock valuation in order for them to profit from the stock shares. 50 years ago, a person like that would be jailed. 50 years ago, he'd be laughed out of existence and relevancy. Today, he's lauded and celebrated. Why? Because the fraud must go on. The fraud must go on. And it continues to go on so long as the dollar is king. The drunken propagators of lies, and I love what the, the Bible, it says this. I, 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 don't, I don't know which scripture that it was. I don't know if it's in the Gospel of John or it's in the, one of the Pauline epistles. I forget. But there's a, an eloquent line that says this. Behold, in the last days, or it could even be the book of the prophets. I don't know if it's Jeremiah or, or, um, or Isaiah or, or, or even the book of Daniel. But there's a line in there that reads like this. Behold, in the last days, there will be two types of people. Those who love a lie and those who make a lie. Behold, in the, in the last days, there will be two kinds of people. Those who love a lie and those who make a lie, who manufacture the lie who create the lie. In other words, the direct translation, if you were to break it down from the original Greek and Hebrew, would state that it is somebody who painstakingly crafts a lie in the same way that somebody would fashion and festoon a slab of granite in order to make a beautiful sculpture. The lie will be intricate. The lie will be bold. The lie will be larger than life, but yet the public would love it. They want it. They want those lies. The lies give them comfort. They have itching ears for it. I remember the book of Peter, I think it was first or second Peter, says this, Behold, in those days men will make merchandise of you. You are what's being sold. Your acquiescence to the system, to the way things are. Your loyalty to how the system is run. Your fealty to the powers that be. Because they needed you to buy their bullshit. They need you to continually chase after the wind. All the while, your entire nation is not only on fire, but falling apart right in front of your eyes. That is where we are in this world. And all the while, CJ, in the midst of all the lies, in the midst of all the avarice, in the deception, scamdemics, pandemics, jabs, mandating this, mandating that, the balkanization, the market's overheating, crypto's flying, gold and silver teetering, all the things that are happening, the stresses of the world, the nations of the world in perplexity, all these things. And yet one truth remains, Siege. And folks, that truth is this. The greatest transfer of wealth in human history is about to take place. Do you want to get paid? That's what it boils down to. Start looking for opportunities. Crisis and opportunity in Chinese is the same word, brother. It's the same word. Siege. Yeah, um, very well said, B. And at the same time, all the all the gains, right, of the top percent, the one percent, the elitist class, the class system that we truly have in our country. And at the same time that they're accomplishing this, V, they continue an attempt to really put the boot to to our throats, right, in terms of of, of the middle class, everything that's occurring. And it ties back into the economic and financials. Why I want to mention it, I'm not sure if if you had 
uh, read this or seen this or not, V, but uh, there's actually a small bank that's putting out this alert, just letting everyone know. Uh, right now, currently, banks have a uh, reporting mechanism. It's called, a, I think, SAR, Suspicious Activity Report, where yes. typically they have to report uh, any cash across the counter transaction. So if you take $10,000 cash and you deposit or withdraw everything, the banks have to report this. Well, there's a small credit union uh, that's putting out this alert, the Missouri Bank, uh, that's putting this out, and they put it out to their cons- uh, customers, and it basically it says is that uh, while the Missouri Bank does not normally engage on topics relating to politics, we feel there is an urgent matter pending in Congress that needs our attention. Because we care about you, your finances, and your accounts uh, with the bank, we know uh, we want you to know the facts, especially when it relates to concerning developments around public policy that expose your financial privacy. The Biden administration has proposed requiring all community banks and other financial institutions to report to the IRS on all deposits and withdrawal through business and personal accounts, regardless of the tax liability. Uh, this in, this discriminates. Somebody's messing me sorry about that. This indiscriminates a comprehensive bank account reporting to the IRS could soon be enacted in Congress and will create an unacceptable invasion of privacy for our customers. So how does this affect you? If passed, the proposal would require financial institutions like ours to report the inflows, deposits, and outflows withdrawals of $600 or more on personal and business accounts to the IRS, regardless of customer's consent. V, the the collapse is happening, and (laughs) $600 across the counter withdrawal? That's insane. Oh, That's insane. If, if there's a if there's a, a clarion call right now for people to disengage from the banking systems and say fuck you no more now's the time. If there is ever a clarion call, if there's ever an impetus, if there ever was a fire to be lit under your rear end in order for you to move, now's the time. Because if this thing passes Congress, you see they're 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 kicking this around in Congress right now, correct? Right. Yeah, they want to know where the money. They want to know where the money is going, it, 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 folks. This is what broken solvent nations do, and I've been warning about this since 2012. This is part of the wealth extraction scheme. See, they've extracted all they can in terms of wealth extraction throughout the world. The last thing that is left is you, the American public. You are the last thing that is to be extracted. And this is how they do it. $600? Are you joking me? That's number one. Number two, then what is the purpose of having an LLC? If the LLC is already reporting the taxes to you and it's a pass-through account, you got to do your taxes anyway, what is the point? Because you could have multiple members that has, you know, that, that, that are on an LLC and you got $600 come through well, just because $600, $600 comes through doesn't mean that it's profit for the business. The business has expenses. How do the deductions play? This is a mess, and it's a power grab. It's a power grab only by criminals. Only criminals don't care about your personal rights. They don't care, and it does not bother them to violate your personal rights. It's unbelievable. Insane. This is why we, when the crypto, you know, and it's not too late. Maybe I should be the one out there just screaming from the rooftop, hey, this is how you disentangle from the financial systems. This is how you do it. This is how people should, you know, we need to start trading in cryptos. We need to start bartering in gold and silver. We need to, this is, we need to unplug from this nonsense. Like, what is the point of even having a bank? What's the point of even setting up a business account? What's the point? There's no point anymore. If you're if you if you're marking earmarking every single thing that is coming into a business account as let's just say oh it's income it's anything six hundred dollars or more that's craziness. This is a loss of privacy. It's a loss of private of, of financial privilege. It's gone. Why bank here? And folks, let me ex- explain something to you. Everything that the U.S. Do- is doing, from capital gains that they're proposing to raise capital gains tax of 50%, to increasing, to, you know, reinstating the estate taxes, to increasing corporate tax rates, personal tax rates, and then this bullshit on top of everything else, there's a thing that these Marxist socialist 
communist bastards that are in government don't understand. And these bureaucrats don't understand because they're low IQ. It's called Gershom's Law. Now, I'm not going to break down the full definition of Gershom's Law, but I will say this about Gershom's Law in order for you to understand it, and I'll break it down in a very simple way. Gershom's Law states, and this is a financial law, money goes where it's treated well. Mm. If you are going to do this, now there's going to be a lot of people who are going to fall into this trap. They're going to, they're going to be like, oh, all right, fine. But there's going to be billionaires and millionaires, right? Billionaires and millionaires who own companies and corporations. They're going to be like, you know what? We don't need to be here. They will take their banking, they will take their business, and they will go elsewhere. Why? Because you have created a hostile environment in order to do business in. It is easier for me to become a billionaire in China than it is for me to be a billionaire in the United States. That is a fact. It is easier for me to be a billionaire in Russia than to be a billionaire in the United States. That is a fact. It is easier for me to be a billionaire in India than to be a billionaire in the United States. It is a fact. It is easier for me to become a billionaire or a millionaire in many countries in Africa right now than it is in the West, and that is a fact. It is easier for me to be a billionaire or a millionaire in Central or in South America than in the United States. That is a fact. It is easier for me to create a multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar business in Vietnam, in you know, in Malaysia, in uh, uh, Indonesia, right? Any one of these countries that are in the Southeast Asia than it is here in the United States. And that is a fact. So why do business here? What am I getting? You're taking all my tax dollars. You're taking every, you know, now you want to, you want to, uh, uh, you're going to deem, you're going to dictate to me what is a profit and a loss. That's what this comes down to, Siege. They're going to dictate to the business owner what is profit and what is loss, and they're going to try and take what it, what they can take. V, and I guarantee you behind that legislation is probably the big banks. The, the, the big banks are, are probably tired of all the outflows, and, and they want they want to tighter the controls on where the money's going and give people Bingo. to think about. Yeah, I mean it's it's completely the local independent banks. They could probably they could probably care less, right? But yep. it's the big banks and that are worried about these out these outflows, right? These 100%. thousands, you know, millions of dollars in outflows going to cryptos wherever they're going. And so now they're like, we need something to to put the noose around around this and stop this from happening. We need those correct. those funds to sit in deposit accounts, you know, more than forty eight hours. <laughs> exactly correct. They want to stop the outflows because they make so much money in the derivative market, folks. The IRS is there to do the bidding of Wall Street. The day an IRS director were to get so bold as to not to do the willing of, the, the bid of Wall Street is the day that that director of the IRS will be floating in a shallow river somewhere, dead. He'll have a convenient accident. That's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. The bullshit system needs a steady stream of bullshit in order to keep the con and the scam going. And they're running out of scams. They're running out of bullshit. And now they're just going for it. Tag, you're it, America. You're it. Anything else you want to cover, Siege? No. No, great show today, V. Hell yeah. And with that being said, folks, it's the end of the show. Make sure you go to roguenews.com. There's about you know 40 to 60% of you that come onto the show. They don't. You're not subscribed yet. Please hit the, uh, the subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and hit us with a thumbs up. It helps, again, with the algos. Uh, and with that being said, uh, check us out, roguenews.com. Go to our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com. Go into mycbdedibles.com and buying a product from there. Whether you're getting a coffee, a delectable treat for yourself, or you're getting a, a little bonbon for you to enjoy, maybe some you know Delta 8 if it's legal in your state, or some CBD, uh, wonderful CBD products, it goes a long way to helping this program, to helping this broadcast. So with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the show. CJ, take it away.